Once upon a time, there lived in the city of Vladimir, a young merchant named Aksinov. He had two shops and a house. Aksinov himself had a ruddy complexion and curly hair. He was a very jolly fellow and a good singer. When he was young, he used to drink too much, and when he was tipsy, he was turbulent. But after his marriage, he ceased drinking and only occasionally had a spree. One time in summer, Aksinov was going to Nizhny to the great fair. As he was about to bid his family goodbye, his wife said to him, Ivan Dmitrievich, do not go today. I had a dream and dream that some misfortune must fail you. Aksinov laughed at her and said, You are always afraid that I shall go on a spree at the fair. His wife said, I myself know not what I'm afraid of, but I had such a strange dream. You seem to be coming home from town, and you took off your hat, and I looked, and your head was all gray. Aksinov laughed. That means good luck. See, I'm going now. I will bring you some rich remembrances. And he bade his family farewell and set off. When he had gone half his journey, he fell in with a merchant of his acquaintance, and the two of them stopped at the same tavern for the night. They took tea together and went to sleep in adjoining rooms. Aksinov did not want to sleep long. He awoke in the middle of the night, and in order that he might get a good start while it was cool, he aroused his driver and bade him harness up, went down into the smoky hut, settled his account with the landlord, and started on his way. After he had driven 40 verts, he stopped to get something to eat. He rested in the vestibule of the inn, and when it was noon, he went to the doorstep and ordered the samovar got ready. Then he took out his guitar and began to play. Suddenly, a troika with a bell dashed up to the inn, and from the equipage leaped an official and two soldiers. He came directly up to Aksinov and asked, Who are you? Where are you from? Aksinov answered without hesitation and asked him if he would not have a glass of tea with him. But the official kept on with his questions. Where did you spend the night? Were you alone or with a merchant? Have you seen the merchant this morning? Why did you leave so early this morning? Aksinov wondered why he was questioned so closely, but he told everything just as it was, and he asked, Why do you ask me so many questions? I am not a thief or a murderer. I am on my own business. There is nothing to question me about. Then the official called up the soldiers and said, I am the police inspector, and I have made these inquiries of you because the merchant with whom you spent last night has been stabbed. Show me your things, and you men, search him. They went into the tavern, brought in the trunken bag, and began to open and search them. Suddenly, the inspector pulled out from the bag a knife and demanded, Whose knife is this? Aksinov looked and saw a knife covered with blood, and he was frightened. And whose blood is that on the knife? Aksinov tried to answer, but he could not articulate his words. I, I don't know that I, that knife, it is not mine. Then the inspector said, This morning the merchant was found stabbed to death in his bed. No one except you could have done it. 
The tavern was locked on the inside and there was no one in the tavern except yourself. And here is the bloody knife in your bag and your guilt is evident in your face. Tell me how you killed him and how much money you took from him. Axenuf swore that he had not done it, that he had not seen the merchant after he had drunk tea with him, that the only money he had with him, 8,000 rubles, was his own, and that the knife was not his. But his voice trembled, his face was pale, and he was quivering with fright like a guilty person. The police inspector called the soldiers, commanded them to bind Axenoff, and take him to the wagon. When they did so, with his feet tied, Axenoff crossed himself and burst into tears. They confiscated Axenoff's possessions and his money, took him to the next city and threw him into prison. They sent to Vladimir to make inquiries about Axenoff's character, and all the citizens and merchants of Vladimir declared that Axenoff, when he was young, used to drink and was wild, but that now he was a worthy man. Then he was brought up for judgment. He was sentenced for having killed the merchant and for having robbed him of 20,000 rubles. Axenov's wife was dumbfounded by the news and did not know what to think. Her children were still small and there was one at the breast. She took them all with her and journeyed to the city where her husband was imprisoned. At first they would not grant her admittance, but afterward she got permission from the chief and was taken to her husband. When she saw him in his prison garb, in chains together with murderers, she fell to the floor and it was a long time before she recovered from her swoon. Then she placed her children around her, sat down amid them and began to tell him about their domestic affairs and to ask him about everything that had happened to him. He told her the whole story. She asked, What is to be the result of it? He said, We must petition the Tsar. It is impossible that an innocent man should be condemned. The wife said she already had sent a petition to the Tsar, but that the petition had not been granted. Aksinov said nothing, but was evidently very much downcast. Then his wife said, You see the dream? I had when I dreamed that you had become gray-headed meant something after all. Already your hair has begun to turn gray with trouble. You ought to have stayed at home that time. And she began to tear her hair and said, yeah, my dearest husband, tell your wife the truth. Did you commit that crime or not? Axenor said, So you too have no faith in me. And he wrung his hands and wept. Then a soldier came and said that it was time for the wife and children to go. And Axenor, for the last time, bade farewell to his family. When his wife was gone, Axenor began to think over all that they had said when he remembered that his wife had also distrusted him and had asked him if he had murdered the merchant, he said to himself, It is evident that no one but God can know the truth of the matter, and he is the only one to ask for mercy, and he is the only one from whom to expect it. <laughs>
And from that time, Askinoff ceased to send in petitions, ceased to hope and only prayed to God. Axinoff was sentenced to be knouted and then to exile with hard labor. And so it was done. He was flogged with the knout, and then when the wounds were healed, he was sent with the other exiles to Siberia. Axinoff lived 26 years in the mines. The hair on his head had become white as snow, and his beard had grown long, thin, and gray. All his gaiety had vanished. He was bent. His gait was slow. He spoke little. He never laughed, and he spent much of his time in prayer. Aksinov had learned while in prison to make boots, and with the money he earned, he bought the Book of Martyrs, and used to read it when it was light enough in prison. And on holidays, he would go to the prison church, read the Gospels, and sing in the choir, for his voice was still strong and good. The authorities liked Aksinov for his submissiveness, and his prison associates respected him and called him grandfather, and the man of God. Whenever the prisoners had petitions to be presented, Axinoff was always chosen to carry them to the authorities. And when quarrels arose among the prisoners, they always came to Axinoff to be the judge. Axinoff never received any letters from home, so he did not know whether his wife and children were alive. One time some new convicts came to the prison. In the evening, all of the old convicts gathered around the newcomers and began to ply them with questions as to the cities or villages from which this one or that one had come and what their crimes were. At this time, Aksinov was sitting on his bunk near the strangers and with bowed head was listening to what was said. One of the new convicts was a tall, healthy-looking old man of 60 years with a close-cropped gray beard. He was telling why he had been arrested. And so, my brothers, I was sent here for nothing. I unharnessed a horse from a postboy's sledge, and they caught me in it, and insisted that I was stealing it. But, says I, I only wanted to go a little faster, so I whipped up the horse. And besides, the driver is a friend of mine. It's all right, says I. No, say they, you were stealing it. I have done things long ago which would have sent me here. But I was not found out, and now they have sent me here without any justice in it. But what is his use in grumbling? I have been to Siberia before. Where did you come from? Asked one of the convicts. Well, we came from the city of Vladimir. We are citizens of that place. My name is Makar. My father's name is Simeon. Aksinov raised his head and asked, Tell me, Simeonich, have you ever heard of the Aksinovs? Merchants in Vladimir City, are they alive? Indeed, I have heard of them. They are rich merchants, though their father is in Siberia. It seems he was just like any of the rest of us sinners. And now tell me, Grandfather, what were you sent here for? Aksinov did not like to speak of his misfortune. He sighed and said, Twenty-six years ago I was condemned to hard labor on account of my sins. Makar Semenov said, But what was your crime? Aksinov replied, I must therefore have deserved this. But he would not tell or give any further particulars. The other convicts, however, related why Aksinov had been sent to Siberia. 
They told how on the road someone had killed a merchant and put the knife into Aksanov's luggage, and how he had been unjustly punished for this. When Makar heard this, he glanced at Aksanov, held his hands around his knees and said, Well, now that's wonderful, Grandfather. They began to ask him what he thought was wonderful and where he had seen Aksanov, but Makar did not answer. He only repeated, A miracle! How wonderful that we should meet again! And when he said these words, it came over Aksanov that perhaps this man might know who it was that had killed the merchant. And he said, Did you ever hear of that Kramsiminich? Or did you ever see me before? Of course I heard of it. The country was full of it. But it happened a long time ago, and I have forgotten what I heard, said Makar. Perhaps you heard who killed the merchant, asked Aksanov. Makar laughed and said, Why, of course, the man who had the knife in his bag killed him. If anyone put the knife in your things and was not caught doing it, that would have been impossible. For how could they have put the knife in your bag? Was it not standing close by your head? And you would have heard it, wouldn't you? As soon as Aksanov heard these words, he felt convinced that this was the very man who had killed the merchant. He stood up and walked away. All that night he was unable to sleep. Deep melancholy came upon him and he began to call back the past in his imagination. He imagined his wife as she had been when for the last time she had come to see him in prison. She seemed to stand before him exactly as though she were alive and he saw her face and her eyes and he seemed to hear her words and her laugh. Then his imagination brought up his children before him, one a little boy in a little fur coat and the other on his mother's breast. And he imagined himself as he was at that time, young and happy. He remembered how he had sat on the steps of the tavern when they arrested him and how his soul was full of joy as he played his guitar. And he remembered the place of execution where they had knouted him and the knoutsmen, and the people standing around, and the chains, and the convicts, and all his 26 years of prison life. And he remembered his old age. And such melancholy came upon Aksanov that he was tempted to put an end to himself. And all on the account of this criminal, said Aksanov to himself. And then he began to feel such anger towards Makar Semyonov that he almost fell upon him and was crazy with desire for vengeance. He repeated prayers all night but could not recover his calm. When day came, he walked by Makar and did not look at him. Thus passed two weeks. Aksanov was not able to sleep and such melancholy had come over him that he did not know what to do. One time during the night, as he happened to be passing through the prison, he saw that the soil was disturbed under one of the bunks. He stopped to examine it. Suddenly Makar crept from under the bunk and looked at Aksanov with a startled face. 
Aksanov was about to pass on so as not to see him, but Makar seized his arm and told him how he had been digging a passage under the wall and how every day he carried the dirt out in his pockets and emptied it in the streets when they went out to work. If you only keep quiet, old man, I will get you out too. But if you tell on me, they will flog me, but afterwards I will kill you. When Aksanov saw his enemy, he trembled with rage, twitched away his arm and said, I have no reason to make my escape, and to kill me would do no harm. You killed me long ago. But as to telling on you or not, I shall do as God sees fit to have me. On the next day, when they took the convicts out to work, the soldiers discovered where Makar had been digging in the ground. They began to make a search and found the hole. The chief came into the prison and asked everyone, Who was digging that hole? All denied it. Those who knew did not name Makar because they were aware that he would be flogged half to death for such an attempt. Then the chief came to Aksanov. He knew that Aksanov was a truthful man, and he said, Old man, you are truthful. Tell me before God who did this. Makar was standing near in great excitement and did not dare to look at Aksanov. Aksanov's hands and lips trembled, and it was some time before he could speak a word. He said to himself, If I shield him, but why should I forgive him when he has been my ruin? Let him suffer for my sufferings, but shall I tell on him? They will surely flog him, but what difference does it make what I think of him? Will it be any easier for me? Once more, the chief demanded, Well, old man, tell the truth. Who dug the hole? Aksanov glanced at Makar and then said, I cannot tell, your honor. God does not bid me tell. Do with me as you please. I am in your power. In spite of all the chief's efforts, Aksanov would say nothing more, and so they failed to find out who dug the hole. On the next night, as Aksanov was lying on his bunk and almost asleep, he heard someone come along and sit down at his feet. He peered through the darkness and saw that it was Makar. Aksanov asked, What do you wish of me? What are you doing here? Makar remained silent. Aksanov arose and said, What do you want? Go away, or else I will call the guard. Makar went up close to Aksanov and said in a whisper, Ivan Dimitrich, forgive me. Aksanov said, what have I to forgive you? It was I who killed the merchant and put the knife in your bag. And I was going to kill you too, but there was a noise in the yard. I thrust the knife in your bag and slipped out the window. Aksinov did not know what to say. Makar got down from the bunk, knelt on the ground and said, Ivan Dmitrich, forgive me. Forgive me for Christ's sake. I will confess that I killed the merchant. They will pardon you. You will be able to go home. Aksinov said, It is easy for you to say that. But how could I endure it? Where should I go now? My wife is probably dead. My children have forgotten me. I have nowhere to go. Makar did not rise. He beat his head on the ground and said, Ivan Dmitrich, forgive me. When they flogged me with the knout, it was easier to bear than it is now to look at you. And you had pity on me after all this. You did not tell on me. Forgive me for Christ's sake, forgive me, though I am a cursed villain. And the man began to sob. When Aksanov heard Makar Semenov sobbing, he himself burst into tears and said, God will forgive you. Maybe I'm a hundred times worse than you are. And suddenly he felt a wonderful peace in his soul. And he ceased to mourn for his home and had no desire to leave the prison, but only thought of his last hour. Makar would not listen to Aksanov and confessed his crime. When they came to let Aksanov go home, he was dead.
With his freedom and family taken away from him, Aksanov overcame his sadness and desire for vengeance by trusting God. By him choosing to forgive Makar rather than hate him, both men were spiritually transformed. Makar repented for what he had done, confessed his guilt, and finally experienced the full measure of earthly and divine justice that he deserved. Aksanov, on the other hand, found perfect peace and died as a free man, although he was behind bars. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Mini Mystery Theater. I am Tim Grant, your host, inviting you to stay tuned to this channel and to be sure to tune in for our next episode.